I hope everyone's had a great start to the year, had a great Christmas. Um, I hope you've all been well. Um, tonight, we're starting off with a band. We've got a great guest um, joining us tonight, Ken Bogle. Um, he has been part of the new series that is airing on Disney Plus, Living for the Dead. Um, he's also a tarot card reader, psychic medium. So we're going to be finding out a lot more about Ken, how we got into the paranormal. Um, but again, I just want to welcome everyone tonight and I hope everyone's doing well. As always, if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask Ken, feel free to drop them in the comments and we will try our best to um, get through them. If not, I apologise, but what I'm going to do is bring on Ken now and um, I hope everyone can give him a warm welcome. Hey Ken, how are you doing? Oh, your mic's on mute. <laughs> Typical. Well, wait, wait. Let's start uh, that again, shall we? Yeah. And how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm great. <laughs> are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Um, again, thank yeah. you um, so much for taking time out to uh, join us this evening and have a chat about yourself. Um, just before we do, there's a few people I just want to give a shout out that are joining us. We've got Abby. Um, hey, Abby. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Siren. Hey, how you doing? And my lovely wife is in the room, Sarah. Hello. Uh, she's only upstairs, but hello anyway. Oh, hello, Sarah. Sarah <laughs> upstairs. But, yeah, but again, thank you um, so much uh, for joining us. Um, oh, it was my pleasure. So, um, oh, Sarah, um, thank you for joining. How are you doing? Um, yeah, so again, if anyone's got any questions for Ken, feel free to put them in the chat and we'll get through them. Um, but as I mentioned, Ken, you know, you've come to surface for us over here. We've seen you on the new series of Living for the Dead that is streaming on Disney Plus at the moment. Um, and we will go into that. I've got a clip of it as well that I will show. Uh, but before we go into that, what I wanted to do is find out a bit more about you before this. How did you get into the paranormal? How did you know that you had psychic abilities? Oh, well, I grew up in a haunted house. Wow. I grew up in a terribly haunted house, it um, it's split level. So the upstairs was like that, and the, the, the downstairs was underground. Mm. Uh, about 20 yards, 30, 20 to 30 yards from the house was a graveyard. And essentially my room was on the same level as the graves. It was everything you need to make a perfect paranormal thing. Uh, rushing water down both sides of the house, crossing power lines, uh, terribly haunted. And I was visited every night by ghosts that would stand over my bed, spirits that would stand over my bed. 
And that was, it's a horrific story, uh, but I was losing a tremendous amount of sleep and I went to see my grand and uh, she was very concerned. She's, you know, I look, I look pretty rough. And uh, she said, you know, the reality is that she's the same way and that she would take me on board and she'd help me learn how to deal with it. So to turn it on, to turn it off, how to protect myself and, and how to get some sleep at night. Wow. So I, I, she kind of held my hand through that. And then um, I started uh, with her learning how to do tarot cards. Uh, I started with poker cards, actually. And then um, from there, I, I started reading for friends and family. And then I got uh, the, the opportunity. I had the opportunity to, to just start doing readings professionally about 10 years ago, maybe more. And uh, I joined up and became a certified go uh, paranormal investigator with Patty Starr, who was who's a, a, a great found uh, pioneer of the the paranormal here in Kentucky in the U.S. Iconic little lady, she's great. But uh, she, I got certified to become a paranormal investigator with her, and uh, that was 15 years ago. So I'm, I'm knee deep in it, babe. I've been in it for a long damn time. It's hard to really kind of make it you know uh, a seamless one path thought because it's just like it's been my whole life I, I can't think of a time that i wasn't communicating with spirits and i don't know who i would be without shuffling a deck of tarot cards i really don't know what my life would be like without those things and with the tarot cards you know you're using your psychic abilities to use the tarot cards is there do 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 does everyone use the tarot cards differently or is there a set way that you're meant to use them? I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. Um, I see kids these, uh, to answer the question first, uh, they, I, I think everybody reads cards differently as they should. It should be a very individualized process. Hmm. Uh, however, I, I see kids these days like throwing their cards and like shuffling and throwing them and then whatever lands on face up or I don't know how they do it. It gives me a total panic attack. I'm like, Oh my God, my granny would, my granny would roll over in her grave. If I went towards something so chaotic, I think um, everybody does it individual to who uh, in a personalized way. And I think that that's great. Even if you are throwing them around, I, I don't know how you, how you do that. But uh, to me, it's a very conscious involved, uh, deeply, personal thing that I did as I'm shuffling the cards. I don't know if you can really see it in the show, but as I'm shuffling the cards, I'm investing myself in mm. what I'm doing and I'm investing myself in what the question is. And as I'm cutting them and as I'm knocking, I'm, I'm really knocking on the door of spirit and trying to communicate with spirit and, or, or just the cosmic wisdom or, or, you know, the, whatever that your question might need me to do. Mm. And, and with yourself, when you're building yourself up to do these readings and connecting with the other side and also connecting with people that are having readings with you, you know, do you have a process of how you get yourself prepared for it? Like, like a routine yeah. that you have for, like, from the start of the day to the readings? What's yeah. your routine? So I start every day with uh, protection. Okay, okay, so I teach psychic development as well. If you want to get on that, go to kenboggle.com, fill out a form. I teach personal one-on-one uh, -on -one classes and then I do them online and in groups. Uh, so I start every day with protection. So this is me praying 
to acknowledge my debt of gratitude to the deities, spirits, and energies that serve to protect us. And then I pray for their benefit and that they be enhanced, that they advance, that they more widely prevail so that I am, I am better looked after. And, uh, that's how I start every day and have for, uh, for a long time, long, long time. And, uh, then before I go to do the readings, I always turn on psychically and I tune in, uh, because I feel like spirit and that kind of a thing is a frequency, kind of like a radio where you, yeah. back in the day we used to have to like turn a knob to tune it in, you know, yeah, get on the frequency. And then, uh, then I receive. And then once I receive and I, I usually do about, well, I do this full time and I work seven days a week. So as soon as I'm done, I shut down and I release, uh, through, uh, psychic baths, uh, smudging, uh, say, you know, burning sage and, or I prefer Cypress cause it's more of a protective, uh, mm. thing. To learn. And, uh, uh, you know, just a lot of self care, try to do as much self care as possible. And you say that you're doing this seven days a week, like full yeah. time. You know, for your mental state, like mentally, does it get to you like where it's where it comes to a point where it's too much, or are you are you that focused now that you know how to deal with your mental state? Because it's got to take it out of you. You know, reading different people, reading different spirits, coming across different spirits, it's got to take a toll on your body. Or yeah. are you that focused now that it doesn't affect you anymore? No, I think it would be, I, I think it would be a tragedy if I wasn't somehow affected um, because I want the people when I'm reading for them or, or just when I'm with them to understand that I am with them, that yeah. when you're going through something, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. And um, we cry together. We laugh together. We always hug whenever we're done. That's how that's another way that I release because when yeah. I hold somebody, when I hug somebody, I hold them my heart as close to their heart as I can and I hold them really tight to give back <clears throat> everything that they've given to me. So um yeah, I I I'm affected by it. Some days are harder than others. Yesterday was a very hard day. It affects my health more than anything. I find that the more involved I am in in the paranormal and the more I do readings and the harder I work, the more run down my body becomes. So uh, I'm now taking vitamins on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to do the self-care piece and remember that I'm a human being as well as a light worker. So, yeah, so, yeah but it, it affects me in a, in a really deep, deep way. Yeah. So, you know, totally like away from it, you know, when you're not being Ken Bogle, the TV personality, psychic medium, what do you like to do in your spare time? Like, what is your sort of thing to get away from it all? Do you have like a particular hobby? I love a little karaoke. I like a bit of karaoke. Oh, you said it I now. Like my it. wife, my wife, a comment in the middle. I guarantee she Come loves on, Sarah. karaoke. So, yeah, yeah I do. Karaoke. I like little, that's great. I like a little karaoke. I like to, uh, I'm, I like to oil paint. I love to uh, play music. I'm self-taught in every instrument that I can think of. And uh, I like to, uh, I like to watch British television. And not really? just like, not just, oh my gosh, my love, you have no idea. 
I cannot get enough of Are You Being Served, Keeping Up Appearances, The Vicar of Dibley, The Last of the Summer Wine. I just I just started Murder's Most Horrid for the fourth time. Finished it in two days. <clears throat> I love watching British television. Uh, that's my boy with uh, Molly Snugden. Uh, I just, it's just, I love to just sit back and, you know, have dinner and let, you know, Mr. Humphreys and Mrs. Slocum have it out. <laughs> just, that makes me so happy. It's, that, that's it's great. Really the way, it's the number one way for me to chill out. In fact, when we were filming the show, we were at the Copper Queen, and uh, that's in Bisbee, Arizona. I was very unhappy about the room I was in, and it got really terrible. You can see that in the show. I, 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 the, the spirit was not letting me sleep. And no matter how much I shut off. So uh, I go up to Alex and I'm like, can we bunk together in this other room? Will you bunk with me? And she's, yeah, of course. So we go in and we do our facials and we do our masks and we wash it all off. And we put on our pajamas, uh, which is basically what I'm wearing right now. And uh, we climbed into bed. We slept back to back and we watched Are You Being Served? over and like just let it play it was on the great big tv and we slept the night away one of the best experiences i had in the entire series by the way oh wow um yeah. so i told you sarah said straight away in capital letters she loves the karaoke so you know what? you two would be great together then by the sounds of it may i ask sarah a question uh, what is your sarah what is your favorite go-to karaoke song like what do you what is your like your hit Ooh. sarah me, it's, yeah it's, for what, me, what's your it, favorite karaoke song, Ken? I, I love to do, um, I love to do so many, but I love to do old country music and I love okay. to do <clears throat> like the Righteous Brothers, anything by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, oh, Fleetwood Mac, Mac that, that you're on a the winner there already. They're oh my great. God. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, they've, I, I am Fleetwood Mac. I used to hang out with Mick Fleetwood whenever he was in town. And I got to meet Stevie and played Lindsay's guitar. So yeah, anything Fleetwood Mac wow. is my favorite things. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And then Sarah's given a recommendation as well for English programs. I don't know if you've heard of it. Downton Abbey. Downton. I love Downton Abbey for my oh, money. For my money. Maggie Smith is one of the most outrageously talented individuals that have ever walked the earth. I think that Maggie Smith is iconic. I think that she made the entire series. And I think that uh, the man who did that, what was his name? Julian, it's escaping me. But uh, Julian something or other, Weathers, I can't remember. But he also did a show called Monarch, Monarch of the Glen. And okay. that was on BBC. And it was a fantastic program. He's, he's a great uh, television writer and creator. Uh, the series is phenomenal. Downton Abbey, two thumbs up. Wow. Yeah, do you know I, what I loved about Downton Abbey as well? One of the big storylines was the storyline between Mr. and Mrs. Bates, you know, yes. their, their love form. And, and then also one of the characters that I did like was, um, oh, what's the, the gentleman? He was a bit of a dopey guy. I can't remember his name now. He ended up with a lady at the end of the second Oh, film. yeah. Um, what was his name? name? That was so long ago. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my but do you know My what? husband I, loved it. He loved Out Nabby. I had to buy him the box set once for. Sarah started watching it and she was like, watch it with me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to like it. Do you know what? I've watched it three times now. I've watched the whole series three wow. times. So 
Wow. It's just, and you know, I've got to say, Maggie Smith's character, she was the funny, one of the funniest characters. Just the way she was, it was just like, it was funny. It was, she did there make was, me laugh. There was a scene where uh, she was sitting down to, um, to meet Matthew and she sits down in his chair and the chair was a swivel chair and it kind of wobbled. And she said, what on, like, what on earth is this? And he was like, it's a swivel chair. And she said, from America. And she says, why does every day have to have, involve a fight with an American? Just cracked me up. I think that she's so, and of course she was really good friends with um, Kenneth Williams, who I think was a great pioneer in terms of um, camp humor. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, he he claimed asexuality, uh, although there's reasons to believe that he would he would go off <laughs> and to certain <laughs> tropical areas and uh, have relations. But he he really encapsulated a lot of the LGBTQ plus. He really did. Right. So yeah, I, Maggie Smith's iconic. Anybody who keeps company with Kenneth kept company with Kenneth Williams had to be a good person. They had to be. They had. Yeah. To be. Uh, Sarah's just replied to your question. She said her one is Boom Shake the Room by Will Smith or Waiting for a Star um, to Full Boy Boy, Meet Girl. So yeah, but oh, Boom boy. Shake the Room. I think she did that on holiday as well. I've got, I've got a video of her doing it, Ken. So if you want, I can send it to you afterwards and you can see what she's like on the karaoke machine. I would she love is, that. She is but, good. Yeah, but okay it with her, please, first, because I'd hate to embarrass her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't want to get myself into trouble either. No, of that. sir. Um, so, yeah, so going through, you know, again, speaking to people, connecting with them, your emotions, how, you know, because sometimes you get stories, I've had readings before, where they come up with stuff that no one should know, and it gets quite emotional. And I saw a medium, and he got very emotional as well. You know, do you have like readings where you get quite in tune and you feel the emotion and get upset as well or do you teach yourself how to avoid showing your own emotions in your readings um i i i get affected by all of the emotions and i allow myself to to experience it i find resisting it actually is harder and requires more energy than just allowing it so i allow those things to happen um which is why releasing at the end of the day is so important and uh letting go of all those things uh i, I will say the only time that the only time that i really try to hold back is when someone isn't facing the reality of their life okay. or when someone is trying to pull one over on me i get really angry and that's the only time i really try to i try i don't always succeed but I tried to kind of push myself back um, just because I don't understand why somebody would want to sit down for a reading and then not be completely honest. I don't understand why somebody wouldn't want to be completely honest in a paranormal investigation either. Uh, that happened in the TV show, which by the way, they edited me to look a lot nicer about the situation than I was a lot. Oh, okay. Nicer. So there was a different part of you then in that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I have, I have all of the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but when I do a paranormal investigation and you do this, you know, it requires absolute honesty from everybody. Yeah. If, you're not, if you, you, if you can't do a proper investigation, unless everybody's being honest and we were, uh, at the Scottsdale house, I discovered a series of mis, uh, truths or non-truths and some omitted 
truths and uh, I lost my goods. I, I actually went down the next day and I said, call the producers. I refuse to even brush my damn teeth or wow. come out of my pajamas until somebody explains to me what we're actually doing here. Because if this chick says that she's had 30 years of experience, which is that's what I've had, and that she's a paranormal expert, she's been on all these podcasts, why the hell am I here? And uh, I said, I'll, I'll wait right here for my answer. The showrunner called me. I lost it. And she said, Ken, well, wait a minute. Like, you're coming off really intense. And, and I was. So I had to reel it in. I had to reel it in. And uh, that's usually the only time I ever have to do that is when I've become angry about something. Wow. Well, and it's great that you say, you know, with the TV shows, because a lot of people say it's all staged. Like, you get the people that say it's staged. You know, with, with it, do you guys get to say how you want to do things when you go into these investigations? And is it like they come to you, the producers, and say, well, Ken, tell us how you want to do this. How do you want this scene to be filmed? This has been the most outrageously fantastic occupational experience I've ever had in my life for that very reason. They basically handed us keys to a camper van and said, ghost hunt, we'll film it. Now, there were certain things that you have to schedule, like you have to schedule witness interviews and you have to schedule when you investigate. And all this has to be done ahead of time. And we are made aware that we're going to talk to witnesses. We are made aware that we're going to be investigating. We are we weren't always aware of what location uh, they kept the fact that we were going to a clown motel very secret for me. Hmm. And it turned out to be the first episode. And I did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> It was well, before, not, it was, before yeah. we go into the that side of it, um, what I want to do is just show everyone the video clip that I've got of sure. Living for the Dead, and then we can go into it. So okay. um, what I'm going to do, everyone, I've actually got um, is the intro of Living for the Dead. As I said, it's on Hulu TV, and then if you're watching from the UK, you can actually stream it now on Disney+, Plus, and all the episodes are on there. But let me just play everyone the clip, um, and then we'll get some more questions about the TV show. <laughs> We've come back to try and find out who's really here. We've come back to try and find out who's really here. One. Oh, for some reason, it is not working. Okay, that hasn't worked. So we'll we'll skip that bit then. For some reason, okay. it's not allowing me to play the video. So the video sort of gives an introduction of you know the group, who's in the team, um, and Ken being your tarot card reading and things like that. Before we talk about the actual TV show, your your readings and the paranormal investigation, do you have two, and excuse the, the example I'll give, but two different sort of investigation hats, one for your readings, one for the investigations? Like, do you have to have a different kind of attitude when you go into a paranormal investigation? You absolutely have to. I think... <clears throat> Do you want to hear kind of my process? Would that be too much? Would that be? Yeah, yeah no, no. Tell us. Yeah. Right. So we, we sort of know your process of what you do when you're going for your readings. But what's yeah. the difference when you go to a paranormal investigation? So the first thing that I like to do when I go into a paranormal investigating, uh, uh, let's just say like a hospital or, or someone's house, you know, uh, the first thing I like to do is walk the whole place. I like to record what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Uh, then I like to do a good baseline reading of everything. Like, you know, what is the average temperature? What is the, where are there EMF spikes? If so, where are they? What are the, 
what are the contributing factors to that? Um, also to check for like any sort of places where there could be noise pollution, you know, like I'm, I'm here next to a great big window. Doubtlessly, you're going to hear people talking, you know, it's not a spirit, it's somebody yeah. outside. Um, and then when that's over, I like to use the tarot cards to see, is there a, is there a spirit there? If so, why are they there? What are their motivations? What are their intentions? And then uh, you go back through and do evidence review. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, it, for my money, I don't think that you can do it all in one day. I think it has to be over the course of several days, maybe a week. <clears throat> There's a, um, a theory of uh, that Ed and Lorraine Warren, who have mixed reviews, but I respect a lot of what they did yeah. uh, for the industry. They believe that in order to get an, a true understanding of a place's uh, paranormal status, that you you had to be there for more than twenty eight days. And uh, it Sarah's on the TV. same page as you. She yeah, just put twenty eight days on there as well. Twenty eight days. I love Sarah. We could be buddies. But you know, um, when I was growing up and watching Most Haunted with Yvette and Carl and, and Phil Wyman, uh, he and his wife, Sarah, they're great people. I love Phil and Sarah. Uh, there was a lot that they they kind of showed me about paranormal investigating. One should never watch TV and say, oh, that's how you paranormally investigate. No, what you should do is you take the inspiration, pull from it, pull from it whatever, uh, you can gleam in the way of, of, you know, uh, ideas and then go actually take a paranormal investigating course with somebody who is, a, who has really got the history, who is, uh, they themselves have a seeking spirit and, uh, and to go from there, I think that's the ultimate way to do it. But yeah, that's my whole paranormal investigating technique. And it served me, it has served me very well for a long time. <clears throat> oh, that's great. And with this said, when you're, um, you know, you're stepping into the TV industry, it is a lot different than doing it behind closed doors. You know, you build trust with people, but being on TV, you're opening yourself up for all kinds of people, you know? And, you know, what do you say to the people? Because I'm sure you've had it, like everyone else has had it, you know, the negative side of it, people saying you're fake, it's fake. You know, how do you deal with that when you're working as hard as you can to provide true investigations, true readings, how do you deal with that negative feedback, you know, when people come at you and don't take the time to really know who you are, but they judge you straight away? Right. I, I accept it as, as human nature. I, I don't let it get to me. Um, the, and here's reality. I actually have a harder time with the positive comments. Really? It hits me really differently. Like, I don't feel worthy of the kind the overwhelming kindness and adoration that people have it 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 i it, it hit like i feel humbled by it to the point where you know if it like there was a lady who wrote me and said that her daughter had attempted to take her own life by swallowing a bottle of pills that she was in observation at the hospital and mom was there for like a family day or something and she took the she took a one of those Roku players and plugged it into the TV, and they mm. watched TV together that day, and they picked Living for the Dead. And she wrote me and she said, "My daughter asked, could you please get in touch with Ken, and tell him that I think if he can make it, I can make it. If he's been through what all he's been through, I can too." 
I went to pieces. I went to pieces. I fell apart. How could you not? Here's this mm. you know, 13, 14 year old girl who doesn't want to live anymore. And she wants her mom to write me and talk, please. I, I, that's, I will say this though. There was one comment that was negative that I, I it didn't upset me, but I found it so damn, because it was just so funny. The guy mm -hmm. said, living for the dead is a great television series. I absolutely loved it. Except for the one guy who every time he walked into a scene ruined the whole damn thing. And he was just a tarot card reader. Wow. <laughs> and as we said, and he was just a tarot card reader. And I mean, I, I just always write back, my apologies. I'll try to do better next time. And I mean, I, because I always try to do the very best I can. I think anybody who's worth their salt does the best that they can. You won't please everybody. There's no way to please everyone. You know, you could, you could drive yourself mad trying to do that. And, hmm. uh, but I, I did say this. I did say that I had counted up all the negative comments and I had a lot less than I thought I would. I did. I had a lot less than I thought I would. And because there wasn't that many, it was actually, it, it would actually, it's rare. And I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, the positive comments are a lot harder for me to take than the, than the negative ones. And even with that, since being on TV, what's people, like even people that you know, have they treated you different? Or the, you were telling me a story behind um, in the green room before we started. I don't know if you want to share that with everyone, but I thought that was quite amusing. Yeah. But what have, what what's it been like for you since living for the dead has aired um what how have people acted around you now that you've done this series there even people that i've known for a very long time have started to treat me differently and i mean the the, the effect that the show has had on my life in general positive beautiful and wonderful very grateful but people have started to treat me differently um people i've known for years acting strange uh, there's a lot of we talk. We've worked very hard to get here. We're ready for season two. We're going to do, and you're like, are you? Because I, 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 you might be, but you certainly didn't work half as, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, yeah. we're in the same, we're not in the same boat, but we're on the same lake. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And then people uh, have this thing where they like to, I, as I was saying to you in the green room, they have this thing where, I guess because I was so open and I was so open about my emotions and so vulnerable that people would, they, they touch me a lot and they hug me a lot, which I'm really okay with. They'll touch and hug me and they'll pet me. But, you know, I had one lady rub on me for about 15 minutes and ask me the most acid nine questions and I couldn't handle it. But we were, it was New Year's Eve this year. I was asked to go out with a group of friends and uh, I was very apprehensive about it, but we. But I went. There was there was a bunch of people I didn't know, um, but the particular couple uh, was sitting at the end of the hibachi grill because we had went to a hibachi restaurant, and um, they screamed out at the end of the table. They said, uh, "Aren't you on living living with the dead?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm on living for the dead." Yeah, and they stopped everybody. They're like, "Wait a minute, everybody! Wait a minute!" Do you know we're sitting here with a celebrity? Do you know who he is? They stopped the hibachi grill cook. Wow. And this fellow's from Japan. They stopped him to like, don't you know who you're cooking for? Stop. Look who you're cooking for. And it got really awkward. So I thought the best thing I could do was defuse the situation. So I said, okay, folks, let's go ahead and get it out in the open. Let's all talk about it. Let's clear the air um, and get it over with. 
I am act I am BAFTA award winning actress Judy Dench. And <laughs> I thought that's great. Cause if you're I mean, I, I just thought it was a great way to diffuse it. And who doesn't love Judy Dench? <laughs> like who doesn't love Judy? <laughs> Judy Judy. Uh yeah. So anyway, I yeah, it's it's been different. Uh lots of people like I was uh at a, a bar watching uh we did a a show here in America called Watch What Happens Next or Watch What Happens Live. And uh, it's a 30-minute program. I was sitting at the bar trying to watch it. And this girl just kept rubbing me. And she was like, so have you always worn black? Who picks out your hat? I'm like, I've known you for six years. Like, I've always worn a bowler or a black fedora. I always dress it. Like, these are my actual... Nobody dressed me. And it, she just made it so uncomfortable that I actually uh, didn't even get to watch the whole show. I left 15 minutes in. The bartender got my tab and I left the bar and just went home and it was like, why do people have to be so weird? You know? And so yeah, it had its ups, it has its positives and its negatives. And how have you dealt with that side of it, with the, the treatment? Because it must make you a bit nervous in a way, or maybe, you know, in a mental way, like you're still the same person that you've always been. You've just appeared on TV, but how do you deal with that? You know, people treating you different. Do you just say to them, look, I'm still me. Do you like sort of have to, or just brush it off and deal with it. Honestly, I'm not the same me. I no. don't think I don't, and I don't. I don't understand when people say that. How can you go from being nobody to being peak? How do you go from being? It's not like it's not like let's say uh, the queen or or the king. You're born as this. You you mm. live as this. I was born in a holler in southeastern Kentucky. You know, then I go from the holler to Hulu. Uh, I used to have a Mickey Mouse doll. I've never even been to Disney. Now they're my boss. You And also you travel. I traveled for four months with these four people going to some really insane places. And the experience of that changes you. I changed. Uh, but the 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 reality is I also developed a little bit of social anxiety over it because I, I'm afraid that I will let people down. So if you're overly loving about it, I, it just goes in a file folder mark. This is another person I will let down and mm. it terrifies me and it breaks my heart. And I, I've noticed that, uh, I've noticed that anytime I walk around town now with my bowler hat, in my black that people will stop in traffic or people will honk their horns or they'll follow me through the grocery store. So I have taken to wearing like baseball hat, take off the glasses, hoodie, that kind of thing. So keep it low key. Yeah. Incognito. We call it. <laughs> but I think what, what, what is lovely about you that you, you can, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone, but there is some people out in the field that it, they let it go to their head and they forget, you know, you know, and you're still very humble. You're still very, you know, doing this with me. You know, I appreciate, you know, because you're taking your time out. So it, it shows that, it, you know, you still have that great side to you because you're able to do what we're doing tonight, which is great. Well, do you have, see, back in the day, I used to be a podcast host. There used okay. to be a podcast called Ken Vogel. It no longer exists. I saw to that. I, don't, I, mean, <laughs> I saw to that. Um However, uh, or having said that, rather, it, it 
to me means a lot that you even would like to have me on. And I'm so positive to the people in the UK, to the, to the people uh, of England and to the Welsh and to, I mean, just I'm very positive about that because you all have always been very welcoming to me. There was a day that I was more popular in mold Wales than I was in Kentucky. Uh, there was, I mean, so I'm, I'm grateful that you even, it means a lot to me, but it comes to, it brings to mind a story that when uh, I was really becoming overwhelmed with the messages that were coming through, uh, my phone was just constantly, I had to, I had to charge my phone twice a day Wow. and yeah, and leave it on overnight. So it would, it was pretty hard. Um, and I just said, I'm overwhelmed. And then the next thing I knew we were a billboard in New York, like a 40 foot billboard in Times Square. And then we were a billboard in three different, four different places in Los Angeles. And I just sat there dumbfounded. And uh, one of my friends said to me, don't worry, it'll all become normal. And I said, it shouldn't, this should never be normal. This is not normality. Like living this life, having, having a, a plane, having a chauffeur pick you up to take you to a plane and then you catch another plane and then you get chauffeured to your, to, you know, uh, an interview that's in Los Angeles or an interview that's in New York city. And that's not normality. That's not normal. And wh I think the reason people let it get to, I think that's how people let it get to their heads is they say, Oh, this is what I am now. Absolutely not. You can be the darling today and nobody tomorrow. Don't ever forget that. So stay humble and stay grateful and, and, and do your best to, to ride the rails between the, those two lots. And I think, you know, just uh, something that I call over Christmas that Ken did, um, and it just shows how humble and how he's about his followers. Over Christmas, um, Ken did a live where he was reading a book for, for, for children, um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And, <laughs> and, you know, me and my son, my youngest son, got caught it. We, we caught it and we sat and watched it. And you know, oh. it was, and it was the way you sort of presented it as well. It was like, yeah, get your kids, you know, everyone get ready to read. And you sat there and read a children's book. And the way you read it was absolutely brilliant. The, 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 you know, the enthusiasm that you had, but it was just so nice to see someone that will still try and connect with their followers, you know, and, and you really took pride in, in reading that book as well. It was great. It yeah. was lovely to see. Um, I do it. To, I do it every year. That was our sixth year doing it, because really? yeah, because every year I ask for people to donate to Toys for Tots, or to donate to uh, uh, families who are dealing with uh, addiction and recovery, to uh, just anybody who's down and out, just struggling. Yeah. And as a thank you, sometime close to Christmas, I usually read How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I've done it now for six years and uh, it brings me such joy. I remember kids, <clears throat> children that started when I started reading the book at Christmas time who were just little tiny little babies. And now they're, they're in first grade or second grade. It's, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, I, you look at, you look at these kids that came when they were eight years old and now they're almost ready to, you know, get through high school it's like are you kidding like it's a wonderful thing for me too i take i take a lot of joy in it and just to ask as well because you mentioned about your husband earlier on um if you don't mind me asking how how does your husband you know when you're going through these emotions different things 
how, how does he cope with it? Because it must take a toll out of your husband as well. You know, seeing you go through these different, like, new emotions, dealing with this new stuff with the TV. How, how does he cope with that? Is he well, does we've been, support you or does he find it hard as well? We've been divorced now for a long time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I did have a I did have a, a boyfriend, a partner that kind of has was there before I got the show uh, or brought onto the show, and then through the whole process. His name is David. Uh, we've since broke up, but uh, he could tell you that there were times that I was so petrified to to let people down or to hurt someone or to to say something wrong or do something wrong or that it was all going to go away in a heartbeat, that it was all just going to stop. And that I was in a, a terrible emotional state for a long time. And then the worst of the worst was when the show was over, you know, when we finished season one and I came home and there was no Alex, there was no Logan, there was no Juju, there was, there was no Roz to make you laugh. And I missed them so badly that I, I went to this very sofa and I didn't come off for a month and a half. I mean, wow. I, I gained 30 pounds like that. I, I fell apart. And it, so he was there to kind of be like, okay, let's get up. Let's go shower. <laughs> let's, yeah. knock the, let's knock the dust off and, uh, uh, you know, try to make things normal for me. Uh, he, he, I think a lot of people in my life try to make things as normal for me as possible now. And uh, that's not always easy to do. I think when you have somebody who's going through an experience that you can't possibly conceive of, it's hard to support mm -hmm. them. But uh, all my friends and family have tried really, really hard and I'm so grateful they have. I, I don't know. I don't know really what I did to deserve all these great folks, but I'm, I'm glad whatever I did, I did because <laughs> they're amazing people. Yeah, it's, it's always good to have the right support. Um, but I think, again, it's just like, you know, what happens to the other side with family, partners and things like that, you know, because they go through that process with you, don't they, in a way, because they see the yeah. changes that you're going through, um, yeah. you know, which is crazy. Sarah's put in there, um, amazing achievements, Ken. You've worked hard to get to where you are and you are very kind and humble. Kiss, kiss. Um, see, so. that's the kind of thing that makes me... I, thank you, Sarah. I, I hope. I but hope I think I... it's the way. I th I think people can connect because it's the way you present yourself. You know, you you are very, you know, light spoken, and you you're very kind with the way you speak. And like I said, doing the readings and find that you've been doing this over the six years, the the story over Christmas, it, yeah. it's just great. And like I said, we were watching, and the way you were reading it, it's like you're really in that book, and it was just great. Um, we enjoyed it anyway. So Good. thank you for um, thank you for watching that. That's it, it, it. It was fun to watch. But going back to the paranormal side of things, then you know you have your own sort of technology, which is yourself, your brain, the way you think, the way you hear things, or the way you connect. What's your thoughts when they're putting out like the REM pod and they're putting out their equipment? Do you go with the equipment, or do you feel different when it comes to when they use paranormal technology? I love all of it. See, the way I approach it is, if you come to a paranormal, paranormal investigation with respect and a seeking spirit, you have a room with me. There's always room next to me. 
there's some bits of equipment that I'm not quite sure about. I, I think we can all agree that there's a couple of apps that yeah. are kind of dodgy. Uh, I think there's some equipment that maybe needs more work or maybe needs more time to be proven. Uh, but REM pods, millimeters, uh, K2s, EMF detectors, as such, uh, these things are great. So I think I think it would I, I think I would be cutting my nose to spot my face if I turned my back to those kinds of things or felt indifferently about them. I think in a paranormal investigation there has to be room for all of it. There has to be room for all of it. Yeah, that's great. Um, Samantha's just put a comment in there. Well done, kind sir. And may I say that's a fabulous hat. Thank you very much. So, so this yeah. I have to show you. Can you see it? Yeah. So this was actually made for me uh, by a lady who took uh, two different pieces. It was like a spoon and, a, and an English crown, and she welded it together, and she made this amazing thing for me. And uh, I've worn it now for 15 years, and it's my nod to England, and it's so is the bowler. It's my nod to England because I so love the people uh, and how welcoming they've been to me from the very jump. So you need you need to come over here with us then and do an investigation with us. I would love to do a show called Boggle Does Britain. That would be great. I would love to that, do that. That'd be great. Great. And you know, going back to um for the dead, um, you know, different characters, you know, um did you know them all before the show, or is it something that you come into the show and met them before it aired and things like that before you started filming? Yeah, we didn't have, <clears throat> we didn't really know each other. I think some people knew of the others, but we didn't really like know each other or have a strong history together. So we all met at the chemistry test and there went, it went from, I think it was like so many thousands of people to just 12. And then it went from the 12 to seven. So uh, when the seven of us came back from the chemistry test, we got on a group chat thread and we started to kind of build camaraderie. Yeah. And uh, then it was about this time last year that they called and said, get ready. We're going to film, you know, you're on it. You're one of the five. And then the five of us started a whole new thread of texting. And um, immediately, I think it was that, that night or the following that we, all started like FaceTiming each other and playing, like just talking and engaging. And so for about a month before we ever filmed, we were already face to face, so, you know, through a screen, but still. And then, uh, boom, we started living together. <laughs> and, the, and the executives, the executives, when they, when they watched the show, uh, it's told that all the, the big, the big executives said, how long have these people been living together? Like for how long have they known each other? Because they, you know, they get on so well. And uh, uh, the truth is, it just is, it's just the magic of having five totally unique individuals come together to form a team where each person is as important, as talented, and is as respectable as the next. Wow, that's amazing. Because when, when you watch it, it, it does come across that you lot have known each other for for a long, <laughs> long time, you know, 
the you know when you have the scary moments everything you know and you're so well connected with each other as well it does come across that you guys have been friends for for ages yeah you know, it doesn't look like you've only been friends for a small space of time which i think what's that's what made the show even better as well is and i said this in the back room when we were talking you know it was just that connection that you all had with each other it was just like like you've been friends for ages like it's great yeah i i think uh i don't know i just think how incredible we i always say we all look like we're we're so different and we all look like we're we're all going to parties but they're all different parties you know like yeah. i'm going to some kind of a, a victorian gothic thing <laughs> alex is going to a emo goth vampire rave roz is a go-go dancer down at the bird cage and juju is this great voodoo priestess logan looks like a gq model and yeah, just a bubblegum <laughs> beauty and uh i don't know how on earth we all manage i don't know how it works but we we i think just because we're genuinely each of us are pretty good people yeah i think it's a, it was great to watch um sarah has asked a question is uh and this is the way sarah talks is ken what is the worst poop your pants moment on the paranormal investigation the most scariest experience that you've had so in the show you did some well-known places like the clown motel you know what was was there a scariest moment that you had that even shook you up uh in the show i would say the clown motel was the worst it does look a bit freaky when you go in especially in like the shop bit and he's got the clowns everywhere uh, like and it's the, it's the eyes it's the eyes as well it, it's all of it babe it's all <laughs> i hate all of them but uh, I, when you when you're surrounded by there are two thousand clowns in that space, clowns are a big fear of mine. So when you are in the dark, blindfolded with a headset, complete de sensory deprivation, and you're asked to communicate with the dead at the same time, in you're also being circled by what seems to be the shadow of a seven foot clown one can't help but lose it i mean that's a nightmare like <laughs> that's a nightmare it's just terrible terrible and what about away from the tv show have you had a scariest paranormal experience away yeah. from the tv show that you can recall that you would be happy to chat about yeah when i was younger uh it just dawns on me now that i'll turn 40 in 22 days it's so insane um when i was younger i was pretty uh, arrogant, I would say, about going and doing paranormal investigating. I didn't really follow the procedures as well as one should, because I didn't know them that well. But I knew very well to protect myself and to treat spirit with respect at this time. I just was so, at, at that moment, I was arrogant about it. And uh, I went to this uh, friend's house. I was about 16 years old at the time. Uh, by that point, I was already living in my own apartment because my parents uh let me go because i was gay and so i was already an adult going to school had my own apartment at 15 and 16 years old and uh my partner brought me back to the apartment and uh that night i woke up and there was a shadow in the corner that looked that that looked like a dementor really it was just sh like black and it moved like plasma 
and it was lurched in the corner of the of the apartment uh like a spider and it came down the wall it came up to the bed it went up through the sheets it didn't move the sheets but i could feel it mm. and then the next thing uh that i'm told happened is that my partner at the time said that my back went that i've raised up out of bed vertebrae by vertebrae like that like a like he said like a roller coaster that was clinking and uh i then blacked out he said i twisted from the hip and looked him in the face and then i sighed like a really deep sigh which is a a hot, mm. you know, it's hot. He said it was ice cold. Then he said, I flipped back around and that's when I woke, that's when I came back to, was I was sitting up in tears. Okay. And then I felt like this hand inside of my body, inside of my body, grabbed my lumbar, my lower back and whipped me like this. And like, I went forward, I went back, I blacked out. I walked back, I, like I came back to, he was on the phone with his grandmother who was big in uh, the, the uh, uh, Pentecostal church. And uh, she was on her way over with some women. They were gonna bless the house. They were gonna do a deliverance for me. And it was horrible. It was horrible. That is the most intense, scary thing I have ever experienced in my life, ever. Mm -hmm. And it's only, I've only ever come that close to it again at the Copper Queen, that's it. But Juju immediately recognized it. She, with it, yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. But but for yourself then, you know, when we think about the paranormal, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if I believe in this when, when people go into demonic entities, you know, um, you know, I sort of think of it when I'm in a paranormal investigation, if something happens, there could be a lot of reasons that it's happening. One, if it's something like, like something suddenly bangs, it may not be something that, demonic it could be that someone's just annoyed that we're invading their space but what's your thoughts when it comes to demonic entities because that's one thing that you hear quite frequently when you're watching tv shows is that a lot of the stuff is reverted to demonic entities now your thoughts on that being a psychic medium what where do you sit with demonic entities are they real are they quite common or is it very rare to come across something like that they, they are relatively rare but they exist. <clears throat> Sorry for all the noise outside. I don't know what's happening. I don't hear it. Um, they are rare, but they are real. And uh, I tried to explain it like this. There are real angels, real people on earth in flesh and blood, real angels on earth. But we can all agree that there are also some flesh and blood demons and devils too. People who take your life and take the take your joy and take yeah. you, your your spirit, your light. And it's the same thing on the other side. It's the exact same thing. There are great spirits and then there are very dark spirits. And there are, in rare cases, um, in human spirits, spirits that have never walked the earth as, as a human being. And uh, they do take possession of people. They do change you. Uh, they they change your behavior. They drain you. They use you. You become void. Yeah, void. And I've seen it, and I've 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 witnessed it. I don't think that 
in the story I was saying earlier in my experience, I don't, I don't think I was possessed, but I feel like if that is anything close to it, well, I'd rather not, you know, I mean, I'd rather not ever get that close to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the important thing to do in those situations is to remember that the reason devils exist is because they're jealous of the fact that we are God's greatest creation. And uh, that means that they're intimidated by us. So what we have to do is we have to take ownership of our power and we have to say emphatically that they're not welcome. And we have to cast these things out. I do believe that. I do believe that because I've seen it. I've seen an elderly woman have to be held down by multiple men. I've seen her character go from very positive to demonic. And the things that come out of her mouth to be so vile that if she was present, she would be sickened over and let's say that it is a mental illness let's just say that it is a mental illness and i find that exorcism is the greatest cure for it if it is mental illness exorcism is the greatest cure for it both in places and people i find exorcism uh in various cultures to be effective most i don't know why but most effective i find to be the roman catholic ritual even though i don't even identify as catholic You know, uh, I'm a Buddhist who grew up with Christian foundations. Uh, uh, Yeah, so yeah, I believe they're real, but they're rare. And and talking about religion, does that play a part in what you do? Like, do you rely on your religion to get you through, you know, what what you're doing in the paranormal? You know, because with with Catholics, you know, um, one thing that, you know, they, they tell you what you should believe in. You know, I'm Catholic, so I'm speaking from experience. Okay, okay, good. I was a so, little worried uh, that we, we might get in trouble. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is from experience. When we used to go to church, they would tell you what you need to believe in. This is this, this is that, you know. And, you know, the, the things that they said was a sin. Growing up now, I don't believe that as a sin. And, you know, like um, when me and my wife wanted to get married, you know, they the the priest didn't want to marry us because we had kids already because he saw it as a sin you know and it made me question you know my faith in the catholic church you know but you know things that you've gone through does it not question like like do you like your religion is it something that is a big part of your life or does it question because people say different things does that make sense what i'm trying to absolutely say it it but the short answer is yes, my religion plays a huge part of it, but my religion is not religion. My religion is I have studied nearly every aspect of any religion that's ever been brought to me. And sitting on my windowsill is the Quran, is the Torah, is the Holy Bible. It's like <laughs> every single thing, the uh, Lotus Sutra, <laughs> like everything. Um, I have, I have cherry picked what I find to be the ultimate truth, which is that we're here to get through it together. And that as long as we are good to each other, then there's hope. That's as long as we love, I say my religion is this, and I say it all the time. I know it sounds hokey, but forgive me. My religion is live with mercy in your hands, live with forgiveness on your lips, and live with love in your heart. That is my only religion. And, uh, but there's different little rituals and things that I do. I definitely use prayer quite a lot. 
um, both Christian prayer and Buddhist prayer uh, quite a lot every single day, every single day. So it, it, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a religious freak, but I am definitely the kind of person who takes it seriously. Well, that's a good way of putting it. So, so you've gone with, with aspects of it and then you put the bits that resonate with you. That's what you're using to, yeah, but does but doesn't everybody like, look at the, look at people who are so staunch about the Bible and they'll sit there and they'll judge, let's say they'll judge, uh, homosexuality in the mm -hmm. Bible. There's very, it's very clear. There's multiple references to it. Some people say, oh, it's misunderstood or they say that I don't, who cares? Just point is there's reason for those people who believe that theory and that religion that that's bad, that homosexuality is bad. But these are the same people that will turn around and gossip, judge, hate, be nasty, be selfish. And these are great sins the same. These are all the same. You know, they call themselves Christians uh, in, any, in any aspect of that, Episcopalian, any kind of uh, Catholic. But yet they're acting very unchrist-like. Mm -hmm. So my thing is always, my thing is always, um, if they could cherry pick, I can too. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But I'm not going to cherry pick out of one book. I'm going to cherry pick out of all of them. All of them. And yeah. as it's just been put, Sarah's just put in the comments, uh, love is love, no matter what sex. So, and I think love that's a fair is, comment. Love is love, no matter what gender, no matter what gender. Sure. And I think, I think that we're coming to a place where, I think we're coming to a place where I, gender is fluid sexuality is fluid and i don't think that it is uh important anymore to label it i just don't i think if you've got two consenting adults who aren't hurting who aren't hurting other people let them do what they want do go for it go for it just don't hurt anybody or anything else that's it no that that's the thing is with any relationship just be happy with what you want to be yeah. and what i say to people as well because i do a podcast based on mental health is don't be too quick to judge before you've looked in the mirror, you know, because, you know, there's, you know, people are quick to judge on other people, but they don't want to look at themselves and their wrongdoing. So, you know, but that's, <laughs> that's what I say to people. I, and I, I agree with you totally. And I think that's a great way to be. If so, you don't want uh, judged, if you don't want judged, come sit next to me. I've got room on my table. Just bring respect, <laughs> bring respect and we're good. Definitely. Um, I just want to say, Ken, it's been absolutely brilliant um, getting to know you tonight, um, talking about a lot of things, actually. You know, it's lovely that we've actually gone off subjects and talked about programs on TV and, yeah. you know, and this last bit as well. Um, but what I do want to do is, again, just a quick shout out. If you haven't seen Living for the Dead, it is airing on Disney Plus right now. It's streaming on there. Um, I think there's eight episodes eight. in total. Um, they're all up ready to watch. Um, so if you're watching in the UK, you can stream it on Disney Plus, and I believe over see it is on Hulu TV as well. Is that right? It is on Hulu. Yep. Um, so it's on Hulu. But just in case someone wants to reach out to you, Ken, and have a reading with you, can you just give everyone a bit of a shout out to where they can find your social sure. media platforms? Sure. So uh, if you would like to get a reading, go to kenboggle.com. All one word: K-E-N-B-O-G-G-L-E.com. Click on uh, the readings page, fill out the form. If you'd like for me to give you classes to teach you tarot or to teach psychic development, fill out the form. My assistant named Mary, who is amazing, 
she will get in touch with you. She'll get you on my books. If you want to follow me on social media, just Google Ken Boggle, and it'll take you everywhere. It'll take you absolutely it's, everywhere. His profile picture is a lovely picture with his bowler's hat on. Yeah, so it, looks, a, it looks just like that. Yeah, a bit serious. Yeah, I like that. The, a bit of the serious way. But yeah, so definitely go over. I have put all of Ken's social media platforms and his website in the description. So if you want to go yeah. into the description, please head over. Um, you know, Ken does some lives sometimes and it's just all fun and it's just great to watch. So if you want to go and watch Ken, please head over to his page and definitely show your support and follow him because he does do great. And, you know, and then next Christmas, put a reminder, watch Ken's story time because it is fun. We it be is doing still this. Up. It's still, it's still up, up now, yeah. Like, if you feel like you um, want to watch it, it's still there. I think next year, though, you need to dress up as Santa with the Santa hat on. Brother, have you ever been in a Santa costume? It is so yes, hot. It I is... did. Ugh. We did. We did a psychic medium night for a Christmas special event. And um, I actually bought a full Santa costume with the beard and everything. Within five minutes, I thought I was going to pass out. It was so <laughs> hot. And I wore it for about two and a half hours. Oh, gosh, it's, it's awful. <laughs> I, I thought this year I was like, I'll just put the Santa hat on. No, <laughs> it's made of fur, like faux fur, but it's just yeah. too much. Yeah. But listen, I want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for, to you and to everybody in your area. I, I can't thank the people. I can't thank you all enough. You've influenced me as a person. You've influenced me uh, in the way I am. I, I admire you all. And I'm grateful that, that so many of you have followed me for as long as you have. Thank you all. That's very it kind. Is, it's been great to watch what you've done on TV. And then, as I said, watching you on your Facebook page. And it would definitely be something I would love to get you back on in the future. And oh, do yeah. like a catch-up show with you and, you know, see what's going on. Because I know you've got potential things in the pipeline that we can look yeah. forward to that you can't talk about. But there is stuff going on in the background. Um, yeah. So we would definitely like to welcome you back on in the, in the future and, you know, see how things are going with you, Ken. I would love that. I would love that. Take care. And Sarah, I'll see you at the karaoke pub. Yes. We'll arrange a virtual karaoke if you want. <laughs> she would love that. But I'll, I'll, let that. You go. I'll let you get on, Ken. Thank you again so much. Thank you. For being part of tonight. Um, but we'll let you get on and we'll speak to you real soon. Take care. Take my care. All right. Bye-bye. An absolutely great start to, 2024 um to the paranormal podcast again as you can tell it's such a nice guy um you know really happy go lucky person and we're, we're really excited to have him back on in the future um but again if you want to go and watch ken um you can catch him on uh streaming on disney plus living for the dead all eight episodes are on there and do you know what if you want to watch something a paranormal investigation with fun that is what you want to watch. So definitely head over and give that a watch. Um, again, Ken's, um, all his social media platforms are in the description. So also go and give him a follow um, and watch what he does away from the TV as well. Um, but I just want to thank everyone um, who has um, taken part this evening in questions and watching. We always appreciate everyone. Uh, you know, so it's great to see you all. Blue Sky Lisa, thank you. Um, Maria, uh, all of you, Marie Truman, um, all of you, it's great to, to see you in the room. Uh, we're Portal to the Paranormal. We will be putting a list up of um, investigations throughout 2024. We have got more to add on soon. So if you want to join us,
head over to our webpage, uh, portalsoftheparanormal.co.uk. Um, but we will be back soon with another podcast. So I hope to see you all soon. But for now, enjoy your weekend, everyone. And we'll catch up with you soon. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye and have a lovely evening.